You are now listening to The Secret Life of a Grad Student. I'm Megan. I'm Laura, and we are two grad students who want to share the untold stories of graduate students past and present. We are recording the why of the qualification exam. So we are doing our episode remotely. (laughs) Yeah, and we're also re-recording this episode because the first version of this was really garbage. Yeah, let's say that was a cute attempt to do a first episode. That was our pilot episode. It might be taking us cheating to try to redo it. It's just that I feel if people want to get a good idea of what our podcast is, this first episode was not a good one. <laughs> oh my God, it was terrible. It was just like us repeating a script. And then it was just bonkers. Like, I feel like listening to it, you couldn't really understand what the qualification exam was. So anyway, we're, re- we're re-recording it so that we can let our listeners in on what exactly is the qualification exam from our perspectives and also give our own personal stories to add a little bit of flavor to it. I feel like we always start the episode, the why episode like this. So I'm, I'm going to ask you again, <laughs> Lore, why did we choose this as one, like our first series episode ever? Two, like why did we choose the topic of the qualification exam? So we wanted to have, as I said, a pilot episode, which was something not as harsh like we would like in the future be able to talk about topics like depression women in science imposter syndrome but those topics they really matter to us i feel Mm -hmm. and we want to make sure that by then we have uh, our experience is better at doing a podcast as interviewing people etc etc and so it's not that we say that the qualification exam doesn't matter it does but it's, uh, it's, it's nice to touch base with those topics, actually, because we go through those feelings, like when we prepare for the qualification exam, that are just a sample of what we are feeling overall for all of our grad school. So that's why, but it's kind of like a short period of time during this uh, overall right. uh, grad school. And it's very concentrated of all those emotions that we can feel. So we are, we are afraid. We are stressed out. We feel like an imposter. We have we don't know how it's going to end. So all of this for me was that's a good topic to start. So what do you think? It's a good episode. Yeah, I mean all those things. I definitely agree with that, and also the fact that the qual is something that everyone does. Well, not everyone. We'll talk about that in a sec. Yeah, it's not everyone. The qualification exam is the exam, but we're going to abbreviate it to the qual sometimes. So you might hear us say that. At least in the U.S., it's something that every student has to take. We wanted to to open up the podcast with something really uniform yeah. um, that a lot of people could relate to. Yeah. Um, and again, like Laura said, it's, a, it's like an amalgamation of all of the things that we're going to expand upon throughout the rest of the series we explore within this podcast. But yeah, I just, I think that this was an awesome way of starting the whole thing. What exactly is a qualification exam? It's an exam that you take probably within the first one or two years of your PhD. 
it comes in many forms. In its original format, it was just a very, very stringent exam um, where it was questions and answers where you had to basically regurgitate information from papers or from your rotations and uh, deliver that to a panel. It's an oral exam, I should mention. So in the question answer format, there's basically a panel of people who are in front of you asking you and grilling you on questions uh, related to your research area. And you basically are required in that format to expand upon the questions uh, related to your research knowledge. And the questions can get very, very difficult. So the studying period for this exam panel can be very, very stressful. And then there's another format of the exam, which is a little bit newer, which is the proposal format, which is basically you create a proposal for a research topic. This can vary. It can be the research that you're actually going to do in your PhD, or it can be completely imagined uh, research that you might want to do or something that inspires you, you get to pick a topic and explore it through a proposal. Basically, at the end of developing the proposal in a similar format to the previous one, you basically go in front of a panel of professors and you share the proposal with that panel. So basically, they, they can grill you throughout the qual. Like they, as you're presenting, they can ask you to expand on something that you said. They can. I like how you use the word grill because it reflects, I think, highly about your own experience <laughs> as the qualification <laughs> exam. Because we have to tell now, Megan and I, we, we didn't have the same kind of qualification exam yeah we did not have similar experiences at all (laughs) yeah like it went pretty fine for me but for Megan I think that was a bit more painful yeah also for me why qualification exam was a good topic is because nobody lives the same experience the same way like we're all we all have to take the same exam but everyone's experience is very variant yeah exactly so that depends on multiple factors uh, cultural factors uh, and university factors, uh, professor factors, like it's so random at the end on how it's going to end for you. So for me, so since I'm, I'm actually doing all of my PhD research in California, but my university is still based in Switzerland, I had to go back to Switzerland to pass my qualification exam. I knew that the qualification exam in Switzerland was not as tough as the one in UC Berkeley for a couple of reasons. The first is that at UC Berkeley, people were passing a qualification exam for like three to four hours. And I thought it was very painful to just like do three or four hours straight an oral exam mm-hmm. in front of like three to four professors. For me, it was maximum an hour or two with yeah. 25 minutes of presentation and the rest of questions. So just to clarify one thing, it's that you, in, at Berkeley, you schedule it for three hours, but most people, with me being the exception, um, really only spend an hour and a half to two hours in the room. Okay. Okay. But still, I was thinking like three hours schedule, like that sounds insane. So I had to prepare a proposal, like a written proposal, actually, of like 30 pages of my entire PhD. Uh, what I plan to do, what I already have done, and what are like the timeline, etc. And then I had to prepare my slides. And I send my proposal 
couple of weeks before to my entire like panel of professors like this, they could have a deep understanding of what I was doing. Uh, and so that prepare them to the questions that I have. And then I prepare my slides and I practice, practice, practice so much to make sure that I had to, to stay in the timeline that I have and, and, and not like freeze in between. So the difficult part after that for me was to catch a red eye plane and go from <laughs> California to Switzerland. That was pretty painful because the day after I was presenting and so I was like jet lag, everything. But I was so excited anyway, and not like in sense of like pretty nervous that the jet lag went just fine. And I presented my research in 25 minutes, like zero, zero. So I was pretty happy with that. No questions, right? And then I had questions that okay. they didn't interrupt me at all. For that, I, I was very grateful that they know how stressful it can be. You have your speech, etc., And Asking questions already through your presentation, knowing that it's an exam, I feel that this is really putting the nervosity of the candidate on age. And they didn't do that with me. They didn't try to, to put me on the age of my own qual. So they let me finish. And then they started like to ask me questions where I had to go on a, on a board and yeah. I had to draw experiments. That was okay. Like that was everything was kind of expected they were not trying to quiz me about something like oh so you mentioned that you're going to use this mass spec so can you tell us like the technical background of how mass spec function like functions and mm-hmm. I was grateful even if I prepared all of those questions obviously I didn't want to be quizzed on that and I haven't so I have been really quizzed about experimental matters and to really make sure that I understood the full amplitude of my proposal because for them they felt that my proposal was quite big your proposal was very ambitious right yeah exactly and they were like you have only three more years to do what you said you will do we doubt that you're going to make it that so that's why they were trying more to make me realize Mm -hmm. that but at the end which another thing that I have to add is that my co-director from California came with me so he's somebody that has a very heavy schedule and he's actually, we interview him in mm-hmm. Blake Simons. He came with me to support me during my qualification exam, knowing that he was a co-director and he could not like say anything anyway, but just being there was such a help. And yeah. at the end, we went for lunch after that to celebrate extra. And he was like, you know what? They just are just afraid that you're too ambitious but we're just going to prove them they were wrong. Like, you, you're good. You, let's go. <laughs> so for that, I was, like, pretty happy. Like, it couldn't have done any better, really. And then I just came back to California, and I was uh, super stoked. <laughs> <laughs> so now that I, like, show off with my perfect exam... <laughs> yeah, now I'm going to give you an example of an exam that was not so perfect, but still something to learn from. For me. So like I said, at Berkeley, basically you're expected to do like a three hour exam slot, but most people with the exception being me don't, don't actually take the full three hours. It usually ends within an hour and a half or two hours. And with my department, the way that they set up their exam is that you have to write two proposals and they're not 30 pages. So um, although they can be as fat as you want them to be, two proposals, one called an inside proposal and one called an outside proposal. And like the inside proposal is kind of like what Laura was describing. You propose 
what you're going to be doing for the next couple of years. And that's the major part of the exam. And then the outside proposal is something that's just entirely out of the scope of your current research. Not entirely. Like I study bacteria and I wasn't going to study like water. Like I wasn't going to study the geochemistry of water because it's completely out of my skill set, but more like... I like this idea of two proposals, like having the inner proposal and the outer proposal, because that can actually, it's uh, it's good to like show researchers that you should be open to more research than just your area, right? uh, like your comfort zone of research. So, so it was actually fun, like building the proposals and writing them was actually really, really fun. Like I, I probably spent more time than I needed to writing everything and studying. I ended up doing a proposal that was still within bacteria, but it was like an application in humans, which I hadn't really ever thought about or worked on. And I got to learn all these new concepts um, by doing the outside proposal. And that was That was actually really, really exciting and fun for me. It was something that I probably wouldn't have done otherwise unless the qual sort of forced me to do that. So writing was fun. I I have to say, like the writing and the research, I really enjoyed that. But I got really, really amped up on all the stress leading up to to the actual exam date, the exam where like you have the panel of professors. And I noted, and I think like, if I could do this differently, I probably would, that my entire committee, they were all men. I wanted to have um, a female representative on the committee. I just couldn't get it together. And we'll do another podcast on bias and women in science and maybe cover this a little bit further. Um, but that was really disappointing and potentially devastating for but me. Would you be able to choose your own panel of professors? Because I could. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, yeah. why did you find any female representative? So I think I think we'll touch on this in our um, episode on women in science and maybe even bias in science. I think one of the reasons that I, I couldn't find a committee member is because of the male-dominated departments. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So like, even even though we're in biology and there are a lot of women, a lot of the women that I asked were incredibly busy and couldn't... Um, can do it. So I ended up with an all-male committee and I, I think I, I would have wanted it a little bit different. It would be nice to have like a female voice on the committee. It would have made me a little bit less nervous. Um, but I was incredibly nervous from the outset of the exam before it even started. I was very, oh. very anxious. So the, the exam started and basically within the first 10 minutes, it was not like yours where I could just go through my proposal Oh, one more thing. Um, my department requires us to do a chalk talk. So I had no slides. Okay. Everything that I presented was completely, it was just me and a marker and a whiteboard. And then the four professors that were in the room with me. Within the first 10 minutes of the exam, I said a word that was a trigger word for one of the professors. Ouch. Um, and I just got this impossible question from him. So immediately I got this really, really hard question. And it just tripped me up for the rest of the exam um, to the point where like, I was basically recuperating from this impossible question for the rest of the exam to the point where all the other questions that were asked of me were even harder to answer because I was still struggling with the the first first question. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
and I basically like lost my footing at the very beginning. It's kind of like going for a run and tripping. Yeah. Or going on a race yeah. and tripping at the very beginning. Like there's, it's just very, very hard to win at that point. It was a very difficult exam. Um, I got a lot of questions that I had a lot of trouble answering, of course. But when I got home, I was actually able to answer all of them. Oh, and I passed. Like, so the exam was hard and terrible, but I, I didn't end up getting a conditional pass, nor did I fail, but it was very close. At least I felt that way. Yeah, at least you felt this way, yeah. And so when I got home, I basically wrote down a bunch of the questions that I wasn't able to answer, and I was able to answer every single one of them, except for the impossible question. The cool thing about this story, like that question ended up being the premise of my thesis, like driving me down the path toward what my thesis is right now. I don't know. I guess I have a lot of opinions on the exam. Someone said like, I probably obsess over it a little bit too much. That's, that's not easy to, once you're like already very stressed out about something, thinking, stop being so stressed out. But it's basically kind of the only thing that you can do is that if you start like that, don't panic over it. Right. Don't overreact over it and just be honest with yourself and almost honest with the, your, your panel of professors and be like, can I take some time to think about it? And maybe uh, we can discuss at the end of uh, this qualification exam. Uh, because right now, this question seems uh, very interesting, but also very challenging for me. Right. Try to do your best to not overthinking it over your quad. And sometimes right. over you might in your head because you're relaxing and not being so tense right. about it, you might actually find the key or at least the word of communicating what you're trying to say. If I could do it all over again, and I think like I could right now, I would just say like, you know, be confident in, like I could be, could have been a little bit more confident in my own knowledge. Yeah. Um, it's also the beginning of a, of a PhD. It's um, not very easy to feel confident. I mean, right. not all of the students start with a lot of confidence that, oh yeah, PhD is just a piece of cake. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the lessons that I take from my qual are really important. The biggest thing is, you know, even though I had kind of a rough qual, if I had to look back, I would say like, I am incredibly happy that that impossible question was asked of me. More happy and excited that I was, that had, I had the opportunity to be challenged in that way than, than I am upset over the agonizing experience. Yeah, this entire organizing experience, it's something that, sorry to say, but that's something that you created. Right, yeah, right? definitely, yeah. They maybe have started with the very tough questions, but after the fact that you stayed into a very panicking mode. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. For our listeners, like, I think it's really important to remember <laughs> you create your own future. And yeah create your own situations. And for me, I was so nervous about the whole experience that I couldn't, you know, do what Laura was saying. It was some myth that the qual is the only exam where you are not allowed to answer a question in that way. Like you can't say like, can we talk about that later? Oh, can I share a funny story about like the middle of my qual? Yeah, go. Halfway through the exam, we had a little bit of a break and I was just like holding my head like, oh my God, like I am so 
so effed. <laughs> um, and like the professors are still there and they're just like looking at me like stressing. And the one that asked me the very impossible question uh, actually like stopped me and was like, let me tell you about my exam. <laughs> oh, nice. So they're starting um, to share with you their, their own exam. Yeah. Oh, that's just, cool. Just, I think like the point of him doing that was just to say like their job was to push me to my limit, to to push the limits of my knowledge. Like that's really what the exam is designed to do. It's partly designed to like make you think beyond what you've already thought about. And I think that's okay that it was a little bit rough and difficult for me. But it was nice like having that little moment. Yeah, of course. That. Another thing that I, I want to say for this why, it's okay if you feel very challenged with a question to maybe like postpone it and come back later on it just to, to leave you some time to think about it. And another thing mm-hmm. is that if you really don't know and that no matter how long you will have mm-hmm. more extra, if you really don't know the answer, it's okay to say that you don't know. I yeah. think if you say too much, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, there is a problem at some point. But I think it's better to say, I don't know, than trying to invent something because people can see it so much. Yes. Like, don't try to pretend you know something if you don't, because that's something with my students today, even more, I can feel it. I can feel when they are not on the same page yeah. than I am. And I think. It takes courage to admit that you don't know something and it's better to admit it, be humble about it and digging your own hole of like shame. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Don't be afraid to say I don't know. And, um, and just to, to also to talk about what are the different outcomes of this qual is that we mentioned success most of the time because I think it's what's happening in the majority of people who pass this exam. However, uh, Megan just mentioned earlier, we cannot all succeed qualification exam. What are the different outcomes? So one, you can just pass it again. You have six more months to re-prepare your exam. Sometimes you might need more time to just research and avoid to just say, I don't know at every question that we <laughs> ask you. Yeah, and, and they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll give you a list of things that you need to improve upon. They'll say like, yeah. You know, these are your weak spots. And and the other, which usually don't come as the first outcome, like the failing outcome, usually comes if you reattempt the exam and that you again are not uh, able to succeed, is uh, that they, like usually there is a big talk, I think, between the students and the professors and the professor that are involved. Like you might not be able to continue your PhD you still can ask for a master's degree, so right. which is uh, not a bad thing at all. And it's okay also to realize that sometimes a qualification exam, because it pushes our limit, can make us really realize, is it really what I want to do? Is it, mm-hmm. is it something that I want to spend another like three years and realize that actually that was a big mistake? So this right. class helps you to retrospect about your career and if you feel that you're where you're supposed to be. But don't listen to your imposter syndrome talking when I say that. <laughs> Try. <laughs> yeah. You'll you'll basically learn if um if you enjoy the process of writing proposals and doing research and if you like your project. Also you should practice your call first. 
Like Megan and I, we ask our friends, and usually our friends are the toughest uh, because they, they love you. So they want you to succeed. And so you're going to ask them, your PhD friends, postdoc friends, professor friends, to give you an evaluation once or twice. Usually it's no need to do more than that. And you present to them your qualification exam and they behave like your panel of professors. So I think yeah. doing this will give you a pretty good heads up about how much you prepared. Yeah, don't over-prepare also because that yeah. will set you into a panic. And don't, and don't forget your life balance as well. Like still right. try to go out. It won't serve you if uh, you are tired, if you are overwhelmed stressed out and everything like you need like uh, Blake is recommending that take a good 24 hours before your qualification exam to do everything except research right. about your call yeah sleep yeah and sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I have one more thing to say you know it's not just an exam it's an opportunity to share ideas with a panel of people from your university so typically the panel is you select them from professors that are at your university. They are experts in their field and you get to sit in a room with them in a situation where you otherwise might not have gotten that opportunity. And you get to just talk to them about your research. They're not only there to, you know, grill you and make you look bad. You know, they really want you to succeed and do good science. So a lot of the questions that they have are coming from a place of their expertise. Yes. And it's it's really such a cool opportunity. In other educational settings, you don't really get the opportunity to take an exam like this. It sucks, but it's also the coolest thing ever. Thank you so much for listening to The Secret Life of a Graduate Student and our first ever episode, parentheses re-recorded. We really appreciate all of our listeners who have continued to follow us on our interesting journey of asking questions about what it's like to be a grad student, and we hope you continue listening. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.